The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Action Line. I'm Brian Barrett in with you today. And we're catching up with our friends from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. We'll be focusing today on Stroke Month and sharing information with you about uh, certain things to watch out for, along with general information on neurological health. Our first guest this morning is Dr. Jennifer Burba, and uh, she is a neurologist. Joining us here today, Dr. Burba, good morning. Thanks for joining good us. Morning. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about Stroke Month. I'm assuming that's May, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, it's just a time to be reminded and know, review those stroke signs and symptoms and kind of be aware, re-educating the public and being aware of what to look for. So it's an important month. And when we talk about that, you know, I'm not so sure that people don't confuse maybe strokes with heart-related issues and not necessarily thinking about the neurological side of of that. Um, Do do you find that there's some confusion on what strokes really, um, how they affect the body? I think sometimes, yes. There's, they are both considered vascular diseases because it's affecting the vessels either of the heart or the vessels of the brain, but the symptoms are very different. And sometimes patients don't know, oh, this could be a stroke and I should probably get attention right away. So that is something we definitely just want to remind people to do if you're having any acute neurologic symptoms like facial weakness on one side, slurred speech, difficulty with speech at all in, in terms of not getting words out or finding difficulty, like difficulty word finding uh, or weakness or numbness on one side of the body. Those are times when they need to go to the hospital right away, call 911, get, get um, medical attention. I did uh, pull up some information from the American Heart Association, and they say someone in the United States has a stroke every 40 seconds. Yes, it does. It's very frequent, <laughs> Now, it, unfortunately. It, but if they can get attention right away, there are treatments available depending on the uh, symptoms, depending on um, their medical history and the medications that they're on. There are certain things that we can do to try to help uh, reduce any disability or long-standing uh, deficits from a stroke. Now, I, I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned about um, both, um, you know, heart attack and stroke being vascular diseases. One, we're concerned with the brain with stroke and, and heart with a heart attack. And, you know, I think maybe sometimes it's hard to understand that distinction, but now that now that we know this, can heart attack and stroke be related? Can that happen at the same time you have a heart attack and things of that nature? You can, yes, that can happen. It's, it's rare for it to be a true uh, 
heart attack, like a blood vessel, coronary artery vessel is blocked at the same time that a stroke is occurring, but we do see heart strain, meaning a stroke that's occurring can certainly correspond to someone's heart being stressed, so to speak. So we do see that sometimes, but it's not always a true heart attack where a coronary vessel is blocked. We are talking about uh, National Stroke Awareness Month here in May. Dr. Jennifer Burba is joining us from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford. And uh, every 40 seconds, someone in the United States suffers a stroke. Here's the startling statistic. It accounts for one out of every 19 deaths. Yes, and a lot of disability. Mm. It is a big factor, I think, fifth, third to fifth, I can't. I'm not, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it is a leading cause of disability uh, for patients, so, and in our country. So it's certainly something to seek medical attention right away if you're experiencing any stroke symptoms. So is it, 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 it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand stroke and the, and blockages and things of that nature, and, and, and I think, We've had good education on that with heart attacks and, you know, there's a blockage of the, the, the vessel, but that's the same thing that's happening just in the brain when we talk about stroke. Yes, there are two types of strokes. Um, one is a bleeding type where there is acute hemorrhage uh, where a vessel will rupture and blood will leak into the brain tissue. So there is that type of stroke, but the second a more common type of stroke is due to a blockage of a blood vessel in the brain. So that um, is what, it's almost not like a brain attack instead of a heart attack is a good way to, we try to, to reference that to help patients understand it. It is an acute attack of a brain vessel as cutting off blood flow to a certain part of the brain. Uh, are there... Um, I, I've heard people talk about um, mini strokes. What, what is that? Just a, a stroke, but on a smaller scale. Uh, maybe you can explain that. Sure. Mini stroke is a term that is often used in reference to, I think, in reference to transient ischemic attack. I, I don't. I don't personally use that term, mini stroke. I. I just. I use transient ischemic attack or stroke. The transient ischemic attack, or I think mini stroke that many people hear of, means it's a warning, meaning there has not been lasting deficits and there is no injury on a brain, like there's no evidence of injury on a brain scan. So that's, I think, what they're referring to, and and the deficits have completely gone away. Hmm. So that's, it's a warning sign that, that something bigger is is uh, could happen, and we take those really seriously. So, when we talk about someone who may be um, suffering uh, a, a stroke at, at or, or you know your uh, family member, and and that's happening to to someone that's close by you, isn't uh, fast treatment um, very very important in that? Yes, getting to the hospital as soon as possible. Having you know, we recommend calling. EMS calling 911 and getting someone to the hospital right away. There are two different modalities for uh, 
potential treatments if the patients are eligible. One is a very strong uh, acute blood thinner, and it has a specific time window that we are allowed by FDA to give that uh, based on various stroke trials. So if they arrive within a four and a half hour window of kind of their last known normal without symptoms, then we can give that really strong blood thinner assuming no other contraindications. The other treatment is where they can actually do a special procedure where they will go in with a catheter and try to retrieve, actually remove that clot so that it can, blood flow can return to normal to that area of the brain. Mm -hmm. So that's why seeking medical attention is, is right away is really key because there's only certain time windows when those medicines and procedures can be done. And I'm sure the, the longer it goes, you are, are dealing with something that could be irreversible? Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. So there, once you're out of the window for those treatments, we are, we're mainly focusing on determining the cause for the stroke and the rehab portion. So we aren't the acute treatment is no longer available if you arrive too late, so to speak. So a, a big key here as uh, Dr. Jennifer Burba joins us talking about National uh, Stroke Awareness Month and just bringing uh, highlight to strokes and uh, its causes. And we're going to talk about uh, not only treatments, but, uh, you know, what to watch for and look for. The, the key that I'm hearing from you now is a stroke is a medical emergency. So it, seek treatment quickly. And how does someone know... Um, that they're having a stroke or if they see a family member or, or close friend and, and, and what should they notice or what would they notice? So we focus on some key features like facial droop or facial weakness, speech changes, either slurred speech or, you know, inability to talk or difficulty with talking and then uh, weakness or numbness on one side of the body or the other. So those are things that are some signs. Um, any acute change from baseline functioning is really an opportunity to, to, to think about stroke. And it's always, I always tell patients it's better to be cautious than, um, than to miss that opportunity for treatment. And we're fortunate here at Rutherford because we're able to provide both uh, treatment modalities, um, including the blood thinner and also uh, called, we use Tenecteplase here at Rutherford. And then also we, we offer that, um, it's called a thrombectomy where they go remove that clot. And we offer both modalities, which is, is really exciting. Um, I've, I've seen, as I was looking this morning and, and talking about the warning signs, fast used a lot. And you mentioned face drooping and uh, weakness. Um, is is that, that weakness or, or numbness particularly in the arms, or does it start in the arms and could go down one side of the whole body? 
Well, I think the Be Fast is a way to remember mm. quickly stroke syndromes, but it could be arm and leg. It could be both, either, both arm or leg. Okay. Or just the leg or just the arm, but typically it's not... You're, it's not going to be all extremities at once. That's going to not be a very typical stroke. It's usually one side of the body or the other. Um, and it's going to be an acute change, not a progressive weakness that happens over months. So it's going to be something that is very happening very quickly. One minute I'm normal, and then the very next I'm, I can't move my left side of my body. So it's a very... It's a, a, a sudden change abrupt, in normal. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Very abrupt. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we, we've talked about some of the um, main warning signs, and it doesn't mean that you have all of these or, I mean, maybe you just have a headache, uh, a severe headache, but it's the sudden onset of these symptoms. And, you know, I guess that goes back to knowing your body, knowing what feels normal and what doesn't to you, right? Yes, yes. And I, I oftentimes, if it's, tell patients, if it's just a major change from your baseline abilities, then, you know, um, think about stroke and call somebody or seek medical attention. Dr. Jennifer Burba is joining us today from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, and we are focusing today on uh, strokes and neurological issues that, um, um, you know, this is National Stroke Awareness Month, the month of May, and are, are there any other symptoms that maybe don't occur all the time? Or You know, I've heard about headaches, and that's that's one of those things that that I mentioned, and that I think could be kind of confusing, but maybe there are other symptoms that go along with it. But are there, are there other symptoms of stroke that we need to be on watch out for? Sure. There are some less common symptoms like headache is, is one. If it is a, we call it a thunderclap, meaning the worst headache of your life, um, pain like you've never had before, we would say see seek medical attention for that type of headache. A new type of headache um, that's different from what a headache you've had before is a time to, to also talk to somebody uh, and seek medical attention. Uh, sometimes uh, strokes can cause issues with balance, uh, with your, your walking, and it causes severe nausea, vomiting, dizziness that really doesn't go away that, that you've never had before. Uh, very severe uh, vision loss in, in one eye or the other. Um, and it would be acute vision loss, not necessarily blurry vision, but where you can't see really at all. Uh, those are some other less common, but also signs of, of stroke. Mm -hmm. and, and we've talked about, you know, maybe a, a difficulty having conversation and that, that maybe is uh, cause of confusion or not being able to understand what people are saying and uh, all of those things happening. And again, suddenly that is another um, symptom to be on the uh, lookout for, I would think. Yes. Yes. That would be a speech change. Uh, we call it some, it's in neurology. It's called aphasia. I think that term is, um, has recently been out in the media more often recently, uh, and that is if that is an acute 
change in, in speech, then that you should definitely get to the hospital right away. I again, it's just that idea of is this an acute change from what I can, what someone can normally do, or what is normal for that person? Like they should see a doctor right away. We have uh, Dr. Jennifer Burba joining us today from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, and uh, we would like to let you know that if you'd like to text in questions this morning uh, as we talk about uh, stroke and uh, neurological issues and things of that nature, if you have a specific question, uh, or just text us and we'll see if we can't pass that along this morning. That phone number is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. Um, one thing, Dr. Burba, that I, I wanted to make sure we mentioned this morning as well is uh, prevention, obviously, and we may uh, get into that uh, as well later on in the show. But I've heard that high blood pressure is, um, I don't know the right term, contributing factor or yes. can be one of those things to uh, be on the watch for. Yes, it is a major risk factor. So being really aggressive with blood pressure control, knowing, you know, measuring your blood pressure, um, knowing if that is an issue for you, uh, how to control that, working closely with your primary care doctor or cardiologist to make sure you're on the right medications and you're titrating those. That's really important. Other risk factors are big ones uh, are diabetes, uh, obesity, smoking, and atrial fibrillation with um, or coronary artery disease, any history where there's been a cardiac, a significant cardiac history can increase your risk of, of strokes. And um, I'm sure um, weight is, is a big factor in just about everything in terms of heart uh, health and uh, brain health and overall health, right? Yes, it, it kind of contributes to those other things too. Yeah. They all kind of, they all play together, interact together, right? So your weight will inter, inter, will influence, sorry, your, your hypertension, your, your diabetes, your high cholesterol, your mobility and functionality, like weight does have a lot to do um, and contributes to a lot of the other risk factors. So it's important to kind of try to, you know, get regular exercise, eat a healthy diet, um, try to, if you feel like you're not in the right weight category, working on weight loss with your doctor, all of those things are, are important. Dr. Burba, we had a, a text, and uh, I'm, I'm going to botch the pronunciations on this, so uh, bear with me and, and, and fix okay. it for me, okay? But uh, someone okay. asked to explain neuropathy, neuropathy in the arteries. Did I get close? Neuropathy. Okay. Yeah. I, if if I'm if I understand, so neuropathy is not really an arterial disease. That is a nerve, a peripheral nerve disease, uh, and it's most often due to, I mean, in our country, uh, due to diabetes. So uh, the blood sugar, the sugar in the blood, seems to we know uh, makes the really distal nerves that are small kind of sick. And that's what leads to neuropathy for most patients. So okay. that's technically not a stroke. That's not within a stroke category. Okay. 
Well, very good. Uh, That's a good that. question. Yeah, very good. Uh, 615-893-1450. We have uh, another couple of moments with Dr. Jennifer Burba, and then we'll continue this conversation with our friends from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. Uh, We've talked about high blood pressure and how that is uh, important to keep under control. I think people get confused with the, uh, what is it, uh, systolic and diastolic? Yes, the top number and the bottom number is how (laughs) I try to. (laughs) Yes, yes. And um, those are, we we look at both of those and um, one Num- the top number has to do with the, the, the resistance that the heart experiences from the other blood vessels when it pumps. And then the bottom number is the relaxation of the heart before it pumps again. So both of those numbers are important to keep in a certain range. And the know, bottom number is supposed to be high. lower than the top number, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. We do look at both. The most common problem, though, is the top number is too high with most patients. Hmm. So, okay. So yeah, we look. We look at both. Um, I've I've heard all of my life that 120 over 80 is the norm. Mine runs just a smidge higher than that, but um, it, it's never above 125 so i mean good for you yeah <laughs> is everyone's normal a little bit different is that just kind of a range to say i'm in i'm in the good area or whatnot yes okay. most patients should be less than 140 less than 130 some of you know the guidelines have been they have been adjusting them and so but Somebody's normal. Some people live a lot lower where than 130 over 80 normally because of some other medical condition. But that's we try to. That's the goal to keep it under, you know, 130 over 80. Well, Dr. Burba, we're going to continue our conversation uh, this morning with one of your colleagues, but I I do appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. And I know Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital is, um, you know, one of the leaders right here in Middle Tennessee. And so I I guess the key message, if you hear nothing else, if you suspect there may be a stroke going on with you or a family member or whatnot, close friend, um, seek immediate medical attention. Yes, yes. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's the message for sure. And that we, we definitely nearby in the community have both opportunities to treat those patients that, um, if they can get here soon enough, we have the blood thinner and we have, um, thrombectomy and all of the neurologists here on staff are specialized. We have specialized training in stroke. So um, Rutherford has a lot to offer these patients. Great. Dr. Jennifer Burba, our guest this morning. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Our conversation Uh continues here in just a few moments right here on the Action Line from News Radio WGNS. A check of traffic and weather coming up for you. And then more of the program after this. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Storm 5 meteorologist Bree Smith. 
You want to hear what my favorite weather sounds like? Calm. But calm doesn't always happen in Murfreesboro, does it? Murfreesboro and Rutherford County have seen more than their fair share of severe weather. So when storms roll in, I want you to be ready to feel safe. Let the Storm 5 weather team protect you and your family. Murfreesboro, you're always on our radar. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. When you have fire, water, or storm damage, Fair Construction can help. Fair Construction is also there to help when a car slams through the wall. Call Fair Construction and we'll board up, put down tarps, secure your home or business until the insurance coverage is approved. Call Fair Construction at 615-893-6120. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. Good morning. A couple of accidents still getting some attention out here. Just give yourself extra time. 24 is busy up through the Hickory Hollow area. Radar is spotted down I-24 as you head out towards Manchester. The Ripley's Family Attractions is hiring, offering great pay. Check it out online at ripleys.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon, high in the mid-80s. Winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies, alone near 62. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59. Want to remind you to stay tuned after the action line this morning. It's the roundtable, our Smyrna show today with Wayne Blair and Rick Hall as your host, Mike Woods, the special guest. That's coming up after the news at the top of the hour. That's the second hour of uh, local conversation right here on News Radio WGNS, the roundtable, each weekday, 9 to 10 a.m. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. WGNS Murfreesboro. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Our friends from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital today helping us understand uh, stroke, the signs, the symptoms, treatments, and uh, it's Stroke Awareness Month, the month of May. Dr. Eugene LaFranchise joins us today from Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford. Welcome into the program. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we have talked uh, with Dr. Burba about a lot of things this morning, uh, signs, the symptoms, and we were uh, kind of in the conversation about um, high blood pressure and how that is, um, we've heard it called the silent killer and things of that nature, and it's one of those things to keep under control, but maybe kind of um, for... Um, neurological health. What are what are some things that we should be doing um, to maybe prevent uh, stroke and things of that nature? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think one of the big things we can all do is eat a, a healthy diet and uh, a diet that is uh, high in uh, things like uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, 
um, whole grains, um, legumes, which um, are things like you know beans, soybeans, chickpeas, lentils, etc. Um, nuts, uh, seeds, protein from fish and seafood, um, and avoiding fatty meats. Um, and then it, the the easy way to think about the healthy diet to prevent heart attack and stroke is the Mediterranean diet. I don't know if your listeners have heard about this, but it's been out there for a while, and there are large research studies showing benefits, significantly reducing the risk of heart attack and stroke uh, by following a diet that uh, is rich in the things that I mentioned, and also includes small amounts of pasta, olive oil rather than butter, uh, and a little bit of red wine. So what's not to like? And if you go online, you can see a lot of these recipes that are available. Just by following that diet, you can reduce your stroke risk by 17% just by doing that. Uh, and then uh, there are many other things we can do, such as regular exercise, ensuring that our weight is under control, avoiding tobacco, which is a huge risk factor, avoiding illegal drugs, uh, cocaine, methamphetamine, etc. cetera. Um, so those are just a few things that we can do uh, to help uh, keeping our blood pressure controlled, as you mentioned, uh, controlling diabetes and cholesterol are some additional factors. Yeah, the uh, cholesterol is one of those things uh, we were talking about, you know, when you hear numbers and uh, for high blood pressure or, or blood pressure, top number, bottom number, what's my normal, what what should it be? I think cholesterol is another one of those tests that, that you know, we have in our physical and whatnot and really have no idea, you know, you hear good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, so that's a little confusing to folks, but is that something to make sure we have a good grasp on and, and keep that in the good category? It sure is. There's the total cholesterol, there's the good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol, and the bad cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol. Focus on the LDL cholesterol. That's the bad cholesterol. If you've had a heart attack or a stroke, you want that to be 70 or below. And that can be a challenge, but um, dietary changes, exercise, and medication can all help significantly to uh, get that number where it needs to be. If you have uh, questions for Dr. Eugene LaFranchise this morning, you can uh, text those in this morning at 615-893-1450. Taking text at 615-893-1450. We'll try to get your uh, direct question answered this morning as we uh, focus on strokes and uh, neurological issues here at Stroke Awareness Month, the month of May. And thanks to our friends at Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital for uh, sharing some very important information this morning. Uh, we, we've talked about prevention, but let's talk about, uh, Dr. LaFranchise, someone, if, if they've had a stroke, how likely yeah. are they to have another? Yeah, there, there is a, a higher risk of a recurrent stroke if you've had one, and that's why it is uh, really critically important to identify the cause of stroke and treat it uh, and to identify those risk factors in your life and treat those. I want to say as well that we also talk about stroke warning spells or TIAs or mini-strokes. We consider those the same as having a full-blown stroke. So if you've had any of those, you need to take this seriously to prevent a stroke in the future. The, cause, the underlying cause of stroke determines your future risk. And so, for instance, someone with an irregular heartbeat uh, named atrial fibrillation, those folks are at very high risk for stroke uh, on a yearly basis and it accumulates over their lifetime. The good news is that for something like AFib, we can reduce that stroke risk by 
70% with a blood thinner medication. And there are other treatments as well other than uh, blood thinners, but those are our most effective treatments. So it really depends on what is the cause of the stroke, and that will help to determine future risk and strategies to reduce that risk. Okay, so uh, when Dr. Burba and I were talking earlier, I I mentioned the word mini-stroke, and she said that is, uh, I wrote this down, transient ischemia attack, TIA? Yeah, ischemic, Ischemic. with an IC at the end. Transient ischemic attack is a TIA, and uh, some people call them mini-strokes, stroke warning spells. We, again, we sort, of, we sort of consider that now as something to be uh, added to the, 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 big, uh, the big group of stroke. We consider that a stroke episode because we know the future risk of a stroke is similar for a person who's had a TIA as it is for someone who's had a full-blown stroke. The difference between the two is with a TIA, <clears throat> blood flow is temporarily interrupted and then it's restored, re, uh, blood flow resumes, and so there's no damage to the brain. There's temporary interruption, temporary symptoms, and it all gets better. With a stroke, there's interruption of blood flow that doesn't get better, and the deficits are, are uh, permanent uh, with some improvement over time. But again, we consider those to be similar in terms of future risk, so uh, we want to treat them both, both TIAs and strokes, in an aggressive way to identify the cause and to begin treatment to uh, lower the risk in the future. So with a, with a TIA, you may have um, the symptoms, face drooping, numbness, things of that nature that we've talked about this morning, but as you say, they're, they're temporary or go away, but we should not ignore those at all, right? That's exactly right, and that's a very, very important point. Uh, we don't hear it as much now as we did in the past, but we still hear from pe- people who say, well, gosh, you know, my hand uh, got numb and I couldn't speak really well. Maybe my vision wasn't right, but it went away in about 15 minutes, so I decided to wait. And then when uh, my speech got worse again and I couldn't talk at all, that's when I decided to come to the hospital. So then, by then, it might be too late. Any symptoms that suggest a stroke, you should come to the emergency department immediately. And, you know, it, uh, I, I've heard people say uh, it, it was just a mini-stroke, no, no permanent damage, but you don't know that unless you are, are, are treated and actually find out from a physician if, if there was damage, or especially if that's maybe a warning sign that a, a larger stroke is uh, in your future if you don't treat it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You can't tell uh, when that episode might worsen again. And the, the next time could be the, the bad one. Um, it's also important to realize that the sooner you get to the emergency department, the greater the chance that we can treat you to reverse the effects of stroke. You know, the treatments that we found to reverse the effects of stroke, we've had one drug that's been available since the mid-90s, and it's now being used much more broadly uh, in um, hospitals around the country. And we also now have a newer treatment, a catheter-based treatment, where we put a catheter in the blood vessel that's blocked and actually open it up, those two treatments have to be uh, started within a certain time period after the person has their symptoms. So the sooner you get to the ER, the better the chance that we can treat you, and you won't miss out on those important treatments by waiting too long. And I'm, I'm sure that actually starts with uh, a call to uh, the, the paramedics if, the, if they know uh, treatment begins immediately, right? 
That's exactly right. We also know that if you come to the hospital via ambulance uh, or helicopter, you have a, a greater chance of getting through the system more quickly and getting treatment. So it's not wrong to come by car. Don't get me wrong. If that's the best way you can get to the ED, please do it. But if you can, if you can call 911, tell them you're having a stroke, or your loved one can tell them that, or their coworker, uh, and say, you know, mom's having a stroke. Please come and pick her up because I know she can get treatment if we get her there quickly. And what I think maybe is confusing to people is, you know, we have talked about this earlier this morning about heart attack and stroke and how they seem to be coupled together, but we're talking about two totally different regions of your body. And we're, we're talking about stroke today and that's, that's brain cells. And Dr. Berba was mentioning, and it's, it's worth going back to if it's basically an interruption of the blood flow in the brain and without treatment, those brain cells die, right? That's right. Uh, brain cells are exquisitely sensitive to blood flow because they need oxygen and sugar to survive. Brain cells start to die in as little as, you know, a few minutes. The good news is there are other blood vessels that might be able to temporarily bring blood to the brain to keep those cells nourished enough so that when we give treatment, those brain cells can actually survive and do well. And uh, the key thing, though, is to get that treatment. What are the similarities between stroke and heart attack? One direct correlation is blocked vessels. So if you have hardening of the arteries in the heart, for instance, you've got a significant chance that you could have simultaneous blockage in the blood vessels supplying the brain and vice versa. Another connection is, uh, I mentioned earlier, an irregular beating of the heart called atrial fibrillation. The upper chambers are called the atria. When they beat irregularly, that's called fibrillation. And when that happens, blood slows down a bit. And when blood slows down, it starts to clot. Once you have a clot in your heart, it can break free and go anywhere in the body, including the brain. When it hits a blood vessel in the brain, that clot causes a stroke. So that's another connection between heart disease and stroke. There are many others. Uh, for instance, you could have an abnormal heart valve that could lead to clots that form and travel to the brain and cause a stroke. You can have an opening in your heart that was there since birth, and that can lead to blood clots leaving your veins, traveling through the heart and up to the brain. So there's many connections between heart disease and stroke and vice versa. And the heart is what gets the blood to your brain, so that's why I guess they're just all related here, if you will. Yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, so uh, having a healthy heart uh, can reduce your risk of stroke. If you know you have heart disease, be sure to talk to your doctor about whether that you might be at increased risk for stroke for the things that I mentioned. Another connection between the two is risk factors. So things like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, family history, smoking, those things are common to both heart disease and stroke, and controlling them can reduce the risk of both. Dr. Eugene LaFranchise joining us this morning with Saint, uh, Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. I did have uh, a text this morning that asked about, uh, could you talk about uh, hemorrhagic or um, uh, strokes? Uh, did I say yeah. that right? I know I didn't. You did. Hemorrhagic. Okay. That's okay. great. Hemorrhagic. Okay. You're really doing well. I, I'm impressed. So <laughs> there's two main types of stroke. Ischemic stroke, that's a medical term that just means blood flow is uh, blocked. 
uh, that accounts for about 87% of all strokes. And then there's hemorrhagic stroke, that's the type where a blood vessel ruptures. That accounts for about 13% of all strokes. So when a blood vessel ruptures, uh, blood spews out into the brain, and that's of course not good. There are two main causes for hemorrhagic stroke. The more common is uh, bleeding in a ruptured blood vessel, often caused by high blood pressure. The other less common cause is a ruptured aneurysm, causing blood to uh, spread out over the surface of the brain, uh, a very um, deadly uh, condition, but again, it can be treated if someone gets to the hospital quickly. So uh, hemorrhagic stroke is where a blood vessel ruptures, ischemic stroke is where a blood vessel blocks off, and there are various subtypes depending on uh, which one we're talking about. Well, a, a, a rupture sounds like it's, I'm not wanting to say one is more serious than the other, but that seems to be a very, very serious uh, situation if, if a blood vessel ruptures. Uh, it is, and, uh, but again, there are strategies uh, for treatment that work. Uh, so for any type of hemorrhagic stroke, uh, the first thing we look at is blood pressure, and we try to get that blood pressure under control very quickly. Another is if a person is taking a blood thinner, we want to reverse the effects of the blood thinner quickly, and we have ways to do that with medications. Um, third, we want to make a specific diagnosis as to what caused the bleeding in the brain, uh, and that will determine next steps in terms of treatment, whether a person needs surgery, which is a potential issue, or perhaps we can uh, attack the problem, such as an aneurysm, through an, a vas an endovascular approach, meaning a catheter, instead of opening the brain, we can put a catheter in the groin, thread it into the brain, and deploy uh, various things to block the aneurysm and prevent further bleeding. So we've really come a long way in terms of treatment for these uh, conditions that cause bleeding in the brain. Uh, and again, time is critical. Time is brain. The longer you wait, the more chance you have of permanent brain injury. There's a uh, statistic Dr. Burba may have mentioned. For every minute that we don't reperfuse the brain, we lose two million brain cells every minute. So the sooner you get in, the sooner you get treatment, the less likely it is you'll have brain injury that is permanent or uh, disabling. One final uh, question here that was texted in to uh, Dr. Eugene LaFranchise with Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. Uh, someone uh, mentioning life after stroke. Uh, if someone has a stroke, and I, and I know that uh, every person is different and, and how it affects the body, but you could still uh, lead a productive life with, with treatment uh, after a stroke, right? We see patients do well all the time. What I tell uh, patients and family members is what stroke deficits you have the day after the stroke will not be the deficit you'll have in a month or a year or two years. The most rapid recovery after stroke occurs in the first month, but slower recovery can occur up to two years after stroke. Um, and that is aided by uh, our therapy teams who we love our therapists, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy. Those folks do tremendous work starting in the hospital, continuing into the rehab phase, and then into the uh, home phase. So those things are critical, um, and I tell people all the time, don't be overwhelmed by the deficit you have today because there will be improvement. Uh, support from family, 
uh, and friends, coworkers, goes a long way. It's critical uh, because there are issues, as you can imagine, with any illness such as this, where you can have things like depression that can be a problem. That's treatable. Um, and then there's also support groups out there that people can join either online or in person, and uh, that those things are all very, very helpful. And again, the key is prevention so that there's not another stroke that could be potentially even more disabling. Dr. Eugene LaFranchise, thanks for joining us this morning. Some great insight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Also want to thank uh, Dr. Jennifer Burba for joining us in the uh, first portion of our program today. Uh, Doctors at Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, we've been talking about uh, stroke awareness. May is National Stroke Awareness Month. A stroke happens every 40 seconds in the United States, accounting for one out of every 19 deaths. So I hope this information was... uh, Very helpful for you. Greater understanding about stroke and uh, stroke awareness. Here on the Action Line, I'm Brian Barrett. Have a great day.